you know, but amen, it's another reason to have a party. Okay, and that's just the Latin thing. Let's have a party. Let me see. What's the reason? Hey, but I'm fired up today. Uh, I'm very excited. I wanted to welcome all of our guests uh, here. Quiero dar la bienvenida más cordial a nuestros amigos que nos visitan. And uh, today we're beginning a brand new series. And you've already seen it. You've already heard it. It's a brand new series that I'm very excited about. It's called Treasure Principle. And uh, it's going to be a game life changer, if you will let it. So uh, today's part one, we've got four parts. I want to encourage if you're here uh, to, to be here for the duration, because I believe this is going to change a lot in your life and a lot of people that are coming after you. I want to welcome our friends online too. We've got people uh, watching online. I want to welcome our podcast listeners. Uh, we've got some people listening to us on, on the podcast, at work, all over. So uh, it, it's, it's amazing what, what's happening. So uh, to get started, if, if you missed any of our classes, uh, all, of our, all of our lessons are going to be on our website, and that's uh, lighthousecoc.com. You can go there. You can re-listen, re-hear. Also, wanted to let you know that we've got some uh, quiet times for the next six weeks about what we're talking about in the next four weeks. So if you need some quiet time material, go on our website right here. You can download the PDF files or their Word files. I'm not sure which. Uh, you can get those and go through them. This is incredible, incredible stuff that we're going to be talking about. Also, in your newsletter, on the back of our newsletters, they've got some discussion questions that you can go over in your small group. Really, really helpful. And last week, we finished a series called Free. And if you remember, we talked about our church mission. Okay? And here it is on the screen so you can cheat. Our mission as a church is to lead people into a growing relationship with God. Amen. That's what we want to do. We, we feel it's the most important calling. Jesus didn't come to introduce a new religion. He came to introduce a vastly different relationship with God. We don't need another religion. What Jesus was saying is, I want to help you have a relationship with God. In fact, I'm dying. I'm dying for you to have this relationship with God. And we talked about that last week and how sometimes instead of the relationship focus, we can have a rule keeper focus. Okay? And there's a huge difference. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can from last week. But today we're going to be talking about the treasure principle. And uh, before, we, century. before we do that, I wanted to introduce our scripture. And this is kind of the overhanging scripture. And I love to watch the Bible, not just hear the Bible. You know, I'm, I'm, a little bit different than Steve. Steve's kind of low tech. I'm, I'm high tech. I got to be careful. I got to be careful. And I'll talk about that in the coming weeks. But I'm a visual guy. And I know our, our next gen, you guys are visual, right? You like to see the word of God. So this morning we're going to begin. This is our overhanging teaching that we're going to get uh, from the book of, of Luke uh, that Jesus talked about, this parable of a traveler. And this is, our, this is our theme for the next four weeks. So are you with me on this? Let's watch. Let's dim the, the lights and let's watch this parable that Jesus spoke of. A first century Hebrew walks alone on a hot afternoon, staff in hand. His shoulders are stooped, sandals covered with dirt. But he doesn't stop to rest. He has pressing business in the city. He veers off the road into a field seeking a shortcut. 
The owners won't mind. Travelers are permitted this courtesy. The field is uneven. To keep his balance, he thrusts his staff into the dirt. The staff strikes something hard. He drops to his knees and starts digging. Five minutes later, he's uncovered it. It's a case. By the looks of it, it's been there for decades. Heart racing, he opens the lid. Gold coins, jewelry, precious stones of every color. A treasure more valuable than anything he's ever imagined. The traveler inspects the coins issued in Rome over 70 years ago. Some wealthy man must have buried the case and died suddenly, the secret of the treasure's location dying with him. There is no homestead nearby. Surely the current landowner has no clue that the treasure is even here. The traveler closes the lid, buries the treasure, and marks the spot. He turns around and heads home. Only now, he's not plotting. He's skipping, like a little boy, smiling broadly. What a find, the traveler says. Unbelievable. I've got to have that treasure. But I can't just take it. That would be stealing. Whoever owns the field owns what's in it. But how can I afford to buy it? I'll sell my farm and my crops, all my tools, even my prize oxen. Yes, if I sell everything, that should be enough. Okay, so you, you got to see it. This is, this is our main teaching that we're going to be looking at in the next four weeks. And this is a parable that Jesus talked about. The kingdom of heaven is like this man, like this traveler. And, and so for the next four weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at this because it's an incredible need that we have in our society. And I'm going to roll out some, some things that it's going to open your eyes. Uh, and we're going to ask some hard questions. Uh, and we're not just going to talk about money. We're going to talk about your heart. And so to introduce our series, look what I, look what I have here. Okay, my treasure. I, in fact, Ted, could you come on up here? And, and could, you, could you get a picture with me and my, my treasure, please? <laughs> just, just stand right, right here and get, get a picture with me and my, my treasure, okay? Okay. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate that. You know, and, and Jesus, Jesus talked about money a lot. In fact, he talked about money more than any other subject in the New Testament. And my question to you is, why? He was a carpenter's son, raised in poverty, really didn't use money for his ministry. It was bare minimum. But why did he speak to money so much? You know, as we talked about this last week, he emphasized the relationship. And even in the, the, the statistic, if you survey the whole, all four New Testaments, 15% of what Jesus spoke about in the New Testament, all four of the Gospels had to do with possessions and money. Why is it that Jesus talked about this more than anything else? In fact, he talked more about finances, possessions, and money more than he talked about heaven and hell combined. He talked a lot about it. Why? Because for you and me, our number one competitor, our number one competitor for God's heart and our relationship with God is guess what? Money. 
It's, it's, it's possessions. And in fact, this could even be said of your relationships in your life. Guess what's the number one? And maybe, maybe you're not in a place where you buy into the Bible yet and you're just here because somebody bribed you. They said, if you come today, we'll have Cinco de Mayo food and there's going to be a party. But you're not, really, you're not really sure on the Bible and everything. That's fine. I just want to encourage you to keep coming. Because what you're going to see in the next few weeks is you're going to see that money has an incredible power over our lives, whether you believe the Bible or not. Whether you accept what Jesus taught or not, you're going to see this very clearly in what he spoke about. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to go the distance and you're going to, you know, be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not. But I want to encourage you because this can even help your relationships with your family and, and people because this is our enemy. This is our competitor with stuff. And this is what Paul said about these times. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves and lovers of what? Now, this is kind of crazy, right? I got this treasure here, and I'm asking Ted to take pictures. And I'm going to have some fun the next few weeks with my treasure. But isn't it kind of ridiculous when you stand there, you sit there, and you're watching me hold on to my treasure? Right? How, how can you have a relationship with, with a treasure chest? Isn't that kind of crazy? How can you have a relationship with a thing? It doesn't make sense. But Paul's talking about that right here. People will become lovers of what? Money. And it's going to introduce terrible, terrible times. You know how terrible times we're living in right now? Let me read to you an article that I found just this week. You know, we get concerned about teen suicide, right? There, there's been a couple of teens that committed suicide, young girls, one in the San Francisco area, another girl up in Canada. Tragic, tragic stories of parties gone really, really wrong. And these girls felt so bad they ended their lives. And, you know, we get alerted, we get concerned when we see teens committing suicide. But this is, this is crazy, there was this research that came out between the year, a new report from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention shows more attention needs to be directed to preventing suicide in adults as well. Between 1999 and 2010, suicides in the 35 to 64 age group increased by 28.4%. Suicides among people age 50 to 59 and that age group specifically doubled during that same time period. More than 38,000 Americans killed themselves in 2010. That's more than double of those who were killed in a homicide that same year. According to the CDC, in 2009, the number of deaths from suicide in the United States surpassed the number of deaths in motor vehicle accidents. Suicide is tragically far too common, says the CDC director, Tom Fryden, in a statement. This report highlights the need to expand our knowledge of risk factors so that we can build on a prevention program to prevent suicide. 
Suicide rates in this age group were highest among American Indians, Alaskan Natives, according to the report. The next biggest increase was seen in whites. Among American Indians and Alaskan Indians, the native suicide rate among women jumped 81%. Three of the most common suicide methods were firearms, poisoning, and suffocation. What's happening in our country? Any idea why it's gone up? Any idea why it's gone up? It's the economy. 2008, everything went south. People are dying because of what we're talking about. See, your treasure, if this is your life, if this is everything to you, guess what happens when you lose it? You lose your life. You lose your meaning for living. And you lose perspective. Our life is not made up of things. Our lives are made up of relationships. And if you're a follower of Christ, our relationship with God is the most important relationship that we have. And so I want you to open your eyes to what's happening. People have a very unhealthy relationship with possessions, with money. And so this next four weeks, we're going to open our eyes. Jesus is going to help us out. He's going to teach us to have a healthy understanding of why we're here and what we should be investing in, what we should be investing our hearts in. So we're going to have some fun the next few weeks. I've got this new segment called Me and My Treasure. Okay? I was able to upload this picture, just the TED shot. Isn't that amazing technology? But in the next four weeks, we're going to do some amazing things. Me and my treasure. So get ready. Okay? Me and my treasure, we're, we're going to go out to some parks. Okay? We're going to chill in front of these, these beautiful gardens. Me, me and my treasure, we're going to hang out and, and have d- discussions. Me and my, my treasure are going are to go places and see things. So get ready. What's next for me and my treasure? And you'll laugh. You'll think it's funny. But I want you to reflect when you see these pictures. What unhealthy relationship do I have with stuff? And what's this stuff doing to my life? So you ready to take the journey? You ready to leave the port? And here we go on a treasure hunt to find out. John the Baptist, when he introduced this ministry, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures, so if you need to, write some of these down. It'll help. John the Baptist, he came on the scene and he started preaching about changing your life, life transformation. Guess what he talked about when he was preaching his message of repentance? He talked about this. Everyone should share food and clothes with the poor and needy. Tax collectors, specifically you guys, You should not pocket extra money. And then he told soldiers, soldiers, you should be content with your pay and not extort the people. So why is John the Baptist, as he's talking about life transformation, why is he specifically honing in on money? For these three groups of people, everybody, tax collectors, soldiers, because money and possessions have everything to do with life transformation. If you want to change your life, it begins with your stuff. 
and the unhealthy relationship you might have with that stuff. Not only that, Jesus, there was this very short man, maybe he was Latino. <laughs> Chaparro, Chaparrito. Del Sur de la República Mexicana, o peor, Centroamericano. Chaparro. I was joking with our, our, our Spanish people. He may have been Latin from Central America. Some of the shortest people I've ever seen in the whole world. Bolivia, La Paz, Bolivia. Maybe it's the altitude, it pushes them down. I don't know. I don't know. They're short people. But here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing. Okay? Even short people need Jesus. Right? We've got this guy, Zacchaeus, very famous guy in the Bible. And he was searching for Jesus. Why do you think he was searching for Jesus? Because he wanted a life transformation. And what was his confession when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to your house to have lunch today. And without any provocation, here's what Zacchaeus said. He said, look, Lord, here and now, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay four times the amount. Now, did Jesus ask him to give money? Why, why did Zacchaeus, when his life was on the threshold of transformation, why did he talk about money? Because he knew. He knew the struggle. He knew the relationship that he had with money and with possessions was unhealthy. And so before you come to my house, Jesus, I just want you to know I get it. He got it. And look what Jesus said after his response. Today salvation has come to this house. Why? What was, it, what was evidence of, of his transformation? What was evidence of salvation in his life? He was able to separate and make room for God in his life because of his possessions. You see, this is a huge topic over and over again. Zacchaeus got it. There are others. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, the, the first Christians, the first members of Jesus' church, what did they do? It says selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. This was an outpouring. This was an inside-out thing that happened naturally that they started looking around at their church and said, hey, there are people here in our church that have needs. Let's take care of those needs. And then later on in Acts chapter 4, same thing happened. People were selling properties and giving to those who had need. Then in Acts chapter 19, the Ephesian sorcerers, they came to believe, but their faith wasn't complete because there was stuff hidden in the closet. And so there were some things going on that really provoked spiritual awareness, demons, spiritual stuff that we don't see a lot, but it happened then. And this, this really made them think. They said, if the demons know what's going on in our lives, I'm sure God knows. So these Ephesian sorcerers, they were believers. They had this stuff hidden in the closet. They opened up the closet and they brought out these scrolls. And it says, a number of those who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachma in the millions of dollars in today's money. In the millions. 
They could have sold the, they could have sold the scrolls. Why did they burn the scrolls? Because there was an unhealthy, they didn't want anyone else to have this unhealthy relationship with these possessions that they had. It doesn't stop there. Jesus, the widow, he talks about her in Mark chapter 12, verse 44. Out of her poverty, she put in everything had. She had two copper coins and she put them there. And they were, the, the disciples were watching and Jesus said, she gave more than anybody else. And they're like, what? These other guys are bringing in bags of gold. How's it that she gives more? Because she gave out of her poverty. It's all she has. He esteemed her. And then here's a, here's a, here's a parable that we're going to watch again where you'll see the images, but Jesus talked about a wealthy man who was preparing for retirement. Imagine this guy. He realizes that business is going really well. Everything is happening for him. And then he starts to build all these warehouses for retirement. You know, IRA accounts. But before he knows it, he suffers a heart attack and he's dead and judgment comes, what will happen to your IRA now? And this is the words that Jesus shared in this parable. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. You know, you and I, we worry so much, so much about our financial situation. I believe some of us have a very unhealthy relationship. And we got to ask this question, are, am I rich towards God? How's my, how's my retirement account over there? Because he was broke. He was broke. And that's why judgment came upon him. Then the rich young man came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what, what do I need to do? I'm, and he was very religious, very devoted. Jesus said, obey the commandments. And he says, I got that. I've done all those since I was a child. What else, Jesus? He says, okay, you want more? All right, let's go there. Let's talk about your heart. And he says, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Whoa. What happened to this rich young ruler? He couldn't do it. That was a tall order. It was a tall ask of Jesus, sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Are they going to manage my money? I mean, what? I take care of my money. What if I just give it to the poor? They're going to throw it around. They're going to they're waste the money. Poor people don't know how to manage money. All those things can go on in your head. But the problem that happened, he walked away sad because he couldn't detach himself from his treasure. He couldn't let go. So today, we're going we're gonna to allow Jesus to ask us some questions. How are you doing? And I can tell some of you are a little uncomfortable. Okay? Let me, let me say this from the, from the get-go. Okay? We're, we're all there. Okay? Me included. We're all there. You know, many times in church, there's an approach used to get people to give. Anybody know what that approach is? Starts with a G. Guilt. We're not going to do that. Jesus does not want to guilt us out. The approach that we're going to use for the next four weeks is pure inspiration. 
See, because Jesus wanted to inspire us, not guilt us out. He wants to help us detach ourselves from things that are killing us, things that are pulling us down, that are ruining families, ruining relationships. Jesus wants to inspire us. Are you ready to be inspired? And let me just say this. If you don't want to give, if you don't want to invest, it's your choice. Jesus always left it up to us. Come follow me, but it's your choice. You don't have to. You get to. So as I've looked over this material, it's got me fired up. I'm excited. You know, that old school can creep back in and I go, I'm feeling guilty. No, it's not about guilt. So get rid of the guilt. Get ready for the inspiration. So our traveler, when you think about the rich young ruler, you think about the traveler, our traveler was willing to give up everything. Was he guilted out? Our traveler? Absolutely not. He was not guilted out. He's like, I got an opportunity. I got an incredible opportunity. And I'm willing to sell everything. I'm willing to give up everything. And he discovered, he discovered the thing that cost him everything, but the reward was incomparable. It didn't. Whatever he had to give, whatever he had to do, was, wasn't even close to what he was going to get at the end. And that's what Jesus wants to share with us in these next four weeks. So, in thinking about this, in that verse that we looked at in Matthew, I said Luke, but it's Matthew chapter 13. The traveler, when he found the treasure, what did he do? In his joy, it said. And I got I to gotta tell you guys, when you understand this treasure principle, you are going to understand there is tremendous joy in giving. I mean, it's, it, he was fired up. He said, I'll sell everything to get this, to have this. And the people that I know that are extremely generous, exceedingly generous, they're some of the happiest people that I know. And the stingiest people that I know are some of the most unhappy people that I know. You do the math, you do your own investigation, but look around and pay attention. But the traveler, he was fired up. He said, I want to, to sell everything so I can have this. And that's the way we need to look at following Jesus. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying this, no matter how great your earthly fortune is here, it will be worthless in eternity. It will be worthless in eternity. Don't waste your life on temporary things. Don't do it. This will not last. I don't care how great it is. Spend it on what? Eternal things. Spend it on eternal things. That's what, that's what Jesus is talking about. Focus your sight on things that are further out there than you and I can see. Look what else Jesus said, and this is kind of our overarching theme. Do not store, Steve read it, he stole my verse this morning. That's okay, we share. Matthew 6, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth and vermin, what is a vermin? Anybody know? It's not a good thing. It's a, crit, a critter, right, a creature. Where vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break, up and steal, break in and steal. And here's what Steve shared. For where your treasure is, 
there, your heart will be also. That's where your heart is going to be. I want to ask you today, where's your heart? And I believe too many of us, without even realizing it, our heart has an unhealthy attachment to a treasure. It may not be your bank account. It may be your cell phone. Just do an evaluation. How much are you looking at it? How much are you holding on to it? Let's take it away for a day. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. No, I won't be able to survive. Or your iPad, or your laptop, or your car, or your job, or your house. Let's take it away for a period. You figure it out. What is that thing you cannot live without? That's your treasure. Well, you know what needs to be the thing and the person that we can't live without? God. God and his church. We can't live without it. But, you know, I've been thinking about our church, and I think there are too many of us. We can go days. We can go weeks. We can go months without God. Really inside. But we have daily relationships with things every day. And that's for you to think about. It's not healthy. Jesus is not challenging us. He's helping us. He's doing us a favor. Lock up your life in something that's going to last, something that's going to perpetuate more and more down the road. And then he says, the, the book of Proverbs says this, and this is true. This is, this, is, this is real. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off into the sky like an eagle. Now, I want you to imagine this, your next big purchase. Okay, your next big purchase. Here it is. I'll, you, I'll, I'll give you the visual image. Your next sports car, red, the next time you buy. Look at that thing. Look at it. Go. Park it in front of your house. You go inside, and what happens? It's gone. It disappeared. How would you feel? How would you react? You know, and that's what we got to think about. And Jesus in this parable, in this teaching, he's saying, listen, anything that you invest here on earth, car, house, anything, possessions, anything you invest here in this house, this will happen. This will happen. Either someone can come and steal it, it can crash, well, I got insurance. It will never be the same. Or, worst case scenario, you die. This is unavoidable, this teaching on Jesus. So he's trying to do us a favor. Yes, it's a challenge, but it's a favor because you want to build your life on things that you can hang on to, that you can go the long run. So consider what Jesus is saying here. You are going to lose it or leave it. No exceptions. You are going to lose it or leave it. No exceptions. I haven't found one person yet that's been able to take their treasure chest from one side to the other. They always leave it behind. But what Jesus is going to teach us in the next four weeks, he's going to teach us how can I lay away treasure for my future? And you're going to love what we're going to see today. 
Imagine yourself living in the Civil War times, just to get you to think. You're from the North, but you're living in the South. And as you're doing that, you realize that this Civil War is going to come to an end. Hang on a second. I've got to get the images for you. Can somebody help me in the back? I'm missing it. Go back one. There we go. All right. So imagine yourself in Civil War times. And then just go forward one and this video should play. Okay, you're living in the, you're living in the South. What's the currency, the money value in the South? It was Confederate money. And you know, you're from the North. You know this war is coming to an end in less than a year. And you've got this money stored up. It's Confederate money. And you've got it stored up. And, and you know this thing is going to end soon. So what should you do with that Confederate money, I ask you? You should get rid of it. And you should exchange that Confederate money for what? And here it is. This is actual Confederate money that is worthless. Change out that Confederate money. Get American currency from the north and hold on to that. Right? Why? Because it's going to be gone. It will have zero value. Keep only what you need. But set aside, set aside those American U.S. currency from the north for your future. Makes sense, doesn't it? But you know what? Exactly what we do when we spend everything we have on stuff here and now, and we're not even thinking about the future, we're doing the exact same thing. No one would keep Confederate money when they know it's going to be worthless in a few months. No one would do that. And so you and I need to start evaluating, okay, where's my currency? And Jesus is the financial advisor of all financial advisors. And he teaches us, store up treasures for yourself in heaven. How do I do that? And we're going to talk specifically to that. How do I do that? Jesus is going to be very clear and specific. How do I do that? When you think about heaven, there's a treasury in heaven. And God is keeping, what we're going to read in the next few weeks, is God is keeping a record. He's got a bank statement of what you are investing in heaven on the other side. In Matthew chapter 19, look what, look what Jesus says. How's the interest rate in heaven? Get ready. Everyone who has, lo- has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, or wife, or children, fields, for my sake, will receive what? A hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. A hundred times. Do you know what that is? Interest rate percentage? Any, any uh, bankers in the house? What's a hundred times It's 10,000%. 10,000%. That's what God's going to pay on your investment. I started doing some math. I'm serious. I did did an evaluation. Because I believe God wants to inspire us. I did an evaluation of how much money I've gave in the last 20 years to God and his church times that. Do you know how well off I'm going to be in heaven? <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm going to be Donald Trump. 
in heaven. Okay? I may be driving a compact, but over there, watch out. See, and God, God wants us. Jesus wants us to think about this. Heaven is not just going to, oh, well, we're just going to sing in church. And guys, I, I don't, I'm not very fired up about church all the time in heaven. No, what my Bible says, there will be a new earth. A new earth. And everything we have here will be new over there. So I don't know, you run with that. 10,000%. Okay? Now, this is just a wetter. Now, what is our treasure? Okay? We like the numbers. We like the figures. What is our treasure really? Now, let, let's break it down. And I, and I thought about this. My, my treasure is my relationship with God. If I get a chance to see God face to face, that's it. To be with Him, to hang with Him, to hang with Jesus. I mean, to think about the opportunity that I'm going to have to, to embrace Jesus and hold him and not let him go. Wow. I don't care about the millions and the hundreds of millions that we'll have over there. I'm just saying, that's what Jesus is promising us. That's what he's given to us. And it's powerful. A hundred times as much in heaven. Five times that's 1,000, that's 10,000%. Now, let me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Maybe you guys in the front row, the teens here, okay? Today, today, what if I were to offer you $1,000 cash, okay? No strings attached. I'm gonna give you $1,000 cash today. How many would you, would you take it? But hold on. Some of you need it because you're graduating from high school and you're going to need it. Now, let me make you another offer. Wait five years, okay? Postpone the 1,000 today. Wait five years, and then you can have this. $10 million in five years. How many of you would take the 1,000? Any of you take the 1,000? Instead of $10 million in five years. Any? No one would take the thousand. Everyone would take the, the ten, right? Why? Because if you took the thousand, it'd be stupid. <laughs> Not foolish, it'd be stupid. You're just plain stupid. What are you thinking? Ten million. This is what Jesus is telling us. And some of us have got to wrap our minds around what he's teaching and what he's saying. Oh, yeah, I like what Jesus is talking about, heaven and forgiveness, and we believe all that, but a uh, hundred times? Really? Well, if you trust him in the other stuff, why won't you trust him in this promise of a hundred times, a thousand percent? Why won't you embrace this? It's the same teacher. It's the same teaching. And he's trying to help us out. This is huge. So wait five years. We'll see what happens. This is God's promise to us. Every day that we live, you and I have an opportunity to invest, to set aside funds. And it's not just money. It's time. It's heart. And who's he asking us to help? 
Who's he asking us to invest in? Needy people. People who are hurting. Okay, let's take God and heaven and the thing out of it. Let's just look at this from a pure sense of humanity. Take money, take money, and help poor people with it. Take money and help needy people with it. Take money and invest in people's life change. Change their marriage, change their family. Give them a foundation so they can live differently, right? Like many of us have had the opportunity. Take God out of the picture. Wouldn't that be a worthwhile investment? Wouldn't that be a great thing? There's people who don't believe in God who do this with their money because they believe in it. Now add God to the picture. It's huge. It's huge. This is not a good thing. This is a tremendous thing that we get to do. Financial planners, they tell us this, not to think in terms of three months or even three years. Financial planners will sit down with you and they say, you need to start thinking 30 years. Jesus came along and said, I want you to start thinking in terms of 30 million years. He is the financial planner of all financial planners. And too many of us are small thinkers. We're thinking about this weekend, next weekend, this summer, maybe by the end of the year, maybe. And then we've got a few things going on for our long-term investments, retirement, maybe. Why, Why can't you look a little further like Jesus is saying here and start looking at your retirement count in heaven? And Jesus wants to help us look at this verse in Psalm 4, verse 16. I think it's Psalm 44. That's, that's incorrect. Psalm 4, you can check it. Do not be over, overawed when others grow rich, when their splendor of their house increases, for they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. What's going to happen to these people? I mean, yesterday we were rolling around and it was pretty impressive up there in the high hills of uh, the city where we live in Claremont. I'm talking wow houses. I didn't even know they were up there. These are mansions. These are big houses. What do you do with all those rooms? I mean, their garage is bigger than my house. What do you do with all that? And we get wowed by it. We go, man. Look at what the Bible is saying here. What's going to happen to those people? And there's nothing wrong with it, but I'm just saying the balance. If those people have a lot and they're, 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 they're hedging and they're, they're investing in the future, they're investing in helping others, investing in God, that's okay. Because we have members of our church that are doing that. They're very well off but they are giving a lot, a lot of money to help missions and to help the needy, which is powerful. Let me introduce you to John D. Rockefeller. A reporter came up after he died, a reporter came up to his, his, his accountant and said, how much did John D. leave behind? And the accountant said, and he was one of the richest men in history. Okay, there's rich men now, but he was one of the richest men in all history. And the, report, the, the accountant replied, he left all of it. Really? He left all of it? Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> everyone leaves all of it. Everything you have, everything, 
everything you have, you're going to leave it. You cannot take it with you. Now, how do you think it ends for these people when there's so much and they've got nothing on the other side? What a terrifying thought. I was up here and now I've got nothing. Nothing. Not even a relationship with God. What a letdown. But for everybody in here, everybody in here, you have the opportunity to embrace this principle. This is treasure principle number one. It's the big one, the overarching for the next one. You're going to get six in the next few weeks, six, six treasure principles. This is the big one. So you might want to write it down. Treasure principle, you can't take it with you. John D. Rockefeller found that out. You can't take it with you. Donald Trump's going to find that out. Carlos Slim, el va a saber. No lo puedes llevar. He's a billionaire in Mexico, one of the richest men in the world. You can't take it with you, so what should I do? But you can send it on ahead. You start investing your life, your heart, your money, your time in heavenly treasures. You can send it on ahead. What an incredible promise that you and I have to send it on ahead. So today I want to I encourage you with this, this word, this question. What's your treasure? And you're going to have to think long and hard. What's your treasure? What are you holding on to that you can't let go? You know, and, and this is kind of old school. I thought about putting up some iPads, MacBooks, just for me, okay? Because those things, they could get a hold on me. And next week, I'm going to share with you some of my horrific mistakes that I've made in trying to invest money in a future. So you got to come back next week if you want to hear the dirt. Okay? I'm not sharing it today. But let me just say this. All of us, all of us have made bad decisions. Today is an opportunity for you to begin making great decisions. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what stage in life you are. Today is an opportunity to begin making great decisions about your future. So what were if you were to stumble upon this treasure chest on a desert island? Today, if you'll open your heart, you have stumbled upon a hidden treasure that Jesus has prepared for you. Let's close out in a word of prayer, and then I believe we're having a closing song. Is that right? Yes? Okay, super. Pray with me if you would. God, we thank you so much. We're so grateful that you've given us the opportunity to understand eternity. Uh, even thinking in the terms of here and now, God, what a great investment to help other people. But we pray, Father, that you'll help our hearts to be open to your teaching, to trust in you and not trust in things. God, it's silly to think that we can hold on and make relationships and priorities with, with material things instead of people. Forgive us for the ways that we've done that. And I pray that today we can start a new investment plan, a new outlook on our future and on what we can invest in. God, we love you. Thank you for everybody here. Thank you for our guests that are here. I pray you'll bless them and help them. And we thank you that we can celebrate as a family today our culture, our diversity. Bless our week. 
and help us to reflect on what you've taught us through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless all of you. Have a great day. Uh, Didn't Peter do a great job this morning? I thought he did a great job. Uh, Right now,